Yeah, so nine kids. There you go. It's, um, there are a lot of moving parts at our house. But we have, uh, we have a lot of fun. And uh, I want to thank y'all for the opportunity to be able to share. Um, it's not often, uh, as a, as a you know, speaker, a lot of times when you're, you're asked to speak, you're wondering whether anyone will show up or not, right? But this is a captive audience. I was like, I'm guaranteed people will come here. So thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> well, the, when uh, Grant made that introduction, he talked about um, what I do, speaking about generosity and giving, you're probably like, oh my goodness, why in the world is he going to speak about generosity and giving to a bunch of students? We're students. Don't you know that we're students? Right? And what's the typical response of students? We don't have anything. Right? And I thought, man, this might be hard. I should probably go downtown and meet some of the business people down there, right? They have the money. But then I thought, wait a minute. If they don't have anything, then they actually have nothing to lose. So here we go. You ready? We're going we're gonna to explore, we're gonna explore a little bit of this uh, biblical message of generosity, one that's just been a part of a personal journey uh, in, my own, uh, in my own life and one that I get to be able to share uh, all over the world. But before I start to, my wife is here, Kathy. And, and if, you, if, if you wonder how there's any type of order to the chaos at, at the healed household, she's the reason uh, right there. So one of the things when we, when we talk about the biblical message of generosity, there's a couple things I want to share with you all. But one of the things is I just showed the picture of my family you know, it has to start with us, right? There has to be, this has to be a personal journey, okay? And then, and then in, in these other types of dimensional contexts, like your family. So you think about, uh, so Kathy and I think about, so what would it look like for us to, what are the things we need to do to create a culture of generosity in our family? So one of the things that seems, you know, obvious when we take our kids to church uh, is, uh, is to have them participate in the offering, Right? So that's a very tangible thing to do. As you saw in that picture there, we, uh, we've actually adopted four from China. And uh, they're some of our younger ones. So you thought I would have figured a couple of these things out by now. But we had bought, uh, brought back one of our daughters, Bella, um, and she was four and a half years old. And we flew in on a Saturday night from China, and we go to church the next day. And, you know, so we're, we're used to you know, again, thinking, okay, we're, we're going to pass out, uh, give, give some of the little kids some money to give so they can participate in the offering. Bella's sitting next to me. I give her a $5 bill. She's four and a half. She's been in the U.S. for less than 48 hours. I hand her cash, which to a Chinese is a very precious thing. And she looks at this thing and is super excited. And then, of course... It, we have no idea if she ever went to, went to church. We don't think she did. So imagine the very first time you start seeing this offering come around. So the offering's coming around. I don't think anything of it. We distributed the cash to the little kids, and here it comes. We hand it. I hand it to Bella. Bella takes the plate. There's all this cash in here. We're sitting at the back. She looks, she looks at her $5 bill. She sees a bunch of bills 
in there, and she puts it in there, takes a handful, and passes the plate. <laughs> That's what we call generous taking, not giving. So um, as, as I talked with, with uh, John and, and, and Grant about this message, there was one thing they wanted me to particularly uh, speak about, and this is the first thing that I want to uh, share with y'all, and that's connecting uh, this, the biblical message of generosity with grace and the gospel, okay? Because I would say that one of the things that I had, I had misunderstood about this message is I was thinking, okay, I'm going to make a lot of money as a businessman, and therefore I could give it, and then all this ministry could happen, okay? Anybody think that way? I was thinking you know, that money is a tool for ministry to happen, for the gospel to go out. But it's very interesting here uh, in, uh, as we look at the biblical message of generosity, to see this whole connection, that generosity is grace, and grace is the gospel, okay? So 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for our sakes became poor, so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. So the other thing I thought about is, look, you're all students, but guess what? As brothers and sisters in Christ, as sons and daughters of the king, guess what? Good news today, you're all rich. Right? Are you all rich? Okay. So we're all rich. So we have, um, we have this understanding because... Uh, because of what God's sacri- what Jesus' sacrifice has done. And then Paul continues in this, uh, in this message in 2 Corinthians 9 as he's speaking to the Corinthian church. And um, if you get your phones out, maybe turn with me to 2 Corinthians 9, <laughs> verse 8. Or, or can they have their phone out? Okay, they can't have their phone out. I'll take my phone out <laughs> and I'll read, this, I'll read this verse to you. Okay, now I want, you to, I want you to listen to this. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Did you hear a repetitive word in there? Anybody hear a repetitive word? What? All? How many times did you hear it? Four. Four times. Four times. You think that's pretty declarative, isn't it? When someone uses in one verse a word four times. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Quite amazing. And then here's the connection to the gospel. So when we realize that we're rich, when we realize that we have it all, then he connects it in verse 13 to this, when, when we are being generous, he connects it to the con- that this service is a confession of the gospel of Christ. Okay? So here, here's, here's, here's the thing, is where sometimes we can read those verses and you're like, okay, I understand that. Sure, I understand what Paul says is true. But what does it actually look like? Right? Because we can know these things, but it's a different thing to believe it. 
So here's, here's what it looked like, is, is, is when, when we, I've been able to go out and share this message. And we do these in small groups. We call them facilitated small group experiences called a journey of generosity. So we kind of, you know, nicknamed them jogs. But as you can see, I, you know, I, I do jogs all over the world, but I don't jog all over the world. Okay? But we do these journeys of generosities all over the world. And I'm telling you, it has been absolutely amazing to see when this message is going out and what it's doing in hearts as people understand grace. So I was in Hong Kong, and we had a bunch of uh, young business people in this, in this experience. And halfway through the experience, I walked up to this one gentleman named Roger. And I said, Roger, how are you doing? And I could tell it was a little, you know, an emotional time for me. He couldn't speak or anything, and he just touched his heart. And at the end of the time, at the end of the time, he, he, said, uh, he said, if this is who Jesus is, then this is who I want. And I thought, wait a minute, at what point did I share the gospel with him? At what point did I make this, you know, make this clear gospel presentation to him or not? And I realized it wasn't. In our, kind of in our Western context, I hadn't done that. But he had connected the dots because of the grace. Right? And so, uh, interesting thing about the Chinese, they do everything pretty quick. And so he asks, he says, Can, you know, will you pray with me? And his friend that had invited him says, okay, you're, you're basically his pastor now. You need to pray with him. So we say, so we all stood up, and, I, and I, uh, I'm getting ready to pray with him. But before that, my other Chinese friends asked all these, um, there were a bunch of young ladies in the group too, and they were standing around, they're going, what's going on? And he says, well, he's going to pray with Roger. He's going to pray to Jesus, the salvation prayer. Anybody else want to, to join in? Anyone else want to, because they've been through this experience, do you want to be part of this experience with Roger? And they, they thought about it for a moment. It was going back and forth, back and forth, and Cantonese and Mandarin, and I didn't understand any of it. And he says, no. He said, they want to see what happens to him first before they commit. <laughs> <laughs> no lightning struck. Nothing happened. We, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a beautiful moment, and afterwards we went and celebrated with noodles. But um, I've seen the same thing happen with, with some, some Buddhist businesswomen in, in Bangkok. Same type of thing, just overwhelmed with the grace and wanting, wanting you know, Jesus to be their, their personal savior. Same thing with um, uh, a CFO who is a Muslim um, businessman of a CFO of a fast-growing company in uh, Chennai, India. And then one of his work associates is uh, a Hindu lady who is the COO of this same company who are now in the kingdom as a result of this. And I tell you, one of the most interesting stories that, that we had recently was in, on the border of Ethiopia, of Ethiopia and Somalia. Kind of a wild place. And um, this message, we also realize, is not just for those that, we, that the world would claim to be as wealthy. But it's for everybody. And so we've designed this whole experience for, uh, for everyone. Even those that the world would consider at the bottom of the pyramid. And, um, and one of the things that they, re- that the, the first thing they realize in this experience is they figure out, what can I give? Okay, because the world might say to us, 
we don't have anything to give. But when we realize who we are in Christ, we have everything to give. So what can we give? The first thing they realize they can give are smiles. You know what happened in this village when they all went out and were smiling? Many people came into the church. Many people came to salvation just by giving this type of smile. That's the type of connection that we're talking about when, when, we, when we talk about, you know, grace and the gospel and generosity. This service of generosity accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Now, the second thing I want, I, I want us to, uh, I want to share with you is this whole idea of abundance, right? As I have, you already, and you don't have a problem with that now, right? Because we already realize we're all rich, right? We're all rich here. But I will say it's another thing that I struggled with. I was thinking, I need to make a lot of money so that when I give a lot of money to, to God, it would be a lot. Okay? Not understanding that, uh, that this abundance right now. So you think about this. When a, um, a mother puts together a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fishes, and he, he runs along, you know, in the hands of Jesus, what does that become? What does it become? Anything Jesus wants it to become. Right? So that's why we have to have an abundance mentality. And I think that one of the best ways to illustrate this is I'm going to show you a story. Because in these experiences, what we do is it's not a lecture, it's not teaching and things like that. It's a facilitated experience and we show stories. Stories from all over the world, from all along the spectrum of socioeconomic circumstances. Why? Because this message works everywhere, in every circumstance. And you know what stories show? Why are stories important? Stories show application of belief, right? It's not knowledge anymore. If this is really true, what does it look like? So in 2 Corinthians 8, at the first part of that chapter, Paul's talking about the Macedonian church. Y'all familiar with that? The Macedonian church? Basically, it was put in slave, slavery by the Roman Empire. They were actually doing pretty well until the Romans took them over and it says, in their extreme poverty and undue hardship, welled up rich generosity. I was always fascinated by that. How does that work? How in the world can you have, you know, extreme poverty and undue hardship under slave-like conditions and be rich in generosity? Again, only through grace. Only this connection from grace and the gospel, right? So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to show you a quick story of a friend of mine from Uganda, okay? But after this, I want you to be thinking, I'm going to ask for some participation. I want to see what you saw in there, okay? So if we can start that story. As I reflect back on the journey of my life, I think about how God directed me to Kampala for that workshop. I had a burden for my church to give from their hearts and not out of duty. But I never thought it would take such a horrible situation for me and my town to realize that we all needed to change. In 2001, the ADF army overtook many regions of Western Uganda, forcing over 8,000 survivors into the turmoil and destitution of refugee camps. As the war raged on, hope along with the moral fiber of the people faded. 
but there was one who chose to inspire through generosity and gracious giving. And this is his story. My name is Huntington Bahemuka, but most people call me Bishop Huntington. The life in the camps was very bad because families would crowd in the shack houses, children would go without food for one, two, three days, water was not available, and death started resulting within a short time. How can I, Lord? How can I help them out of this situation? While everything around him was disintegrating, war could not destroy Pennington's commitment to effective stewardship. The Lord spoke to my heart about putting into practice what I had learned at the International Steward Workshop. I had been told that everything we have belongs to God. So even in this refugee camp, God has put abundant resources for his work. So I called upon the believers to start sharing what they have with the needy. In the camps, we started a campaign to provide blankets to the orphans, and it was the first time we saw the principles come to life. After two miserable years in captivity, it was safe to return home to Bundibujo only to find that all had been destroyed. The houses had been torn down, the farms had nothing in them, churches had been demolished, schools were devastated, so we started from scratch. The need seemed too great, leaving the people asking the whole too common question. How can the people from the West help us? However, Huntington inspired his people to ask a different question. I asked, how soon can my people rise to the challenge of funding not only their immediate needs, but their futures as well? I told the people at that time that God has given us everything we need to rebuild our community. And what he needed was others to make themselves available to him, and he was going to use us. And those of us who are mechanics, those of us who are business people, they can use their gifts and the trade that they have to build their community. taught us about giving and through that the pastors went around teaching so through that the message was spread one by one person by person the idea caught on and before they knew it the town was being transformed. We began to rebuild our churches, provided homes and schooling for the orphans, and the needs of the people were met. The people understood that they needed to create wealth in order to allow for tangible generosity. By using their God-given gifts and resources they already possessed, a cycle of sustainability was established. We have a lady in our church. She is lame, but one day we were calling upon people to bring their gifts to come and build a church. 
And today, the church she worships in uh, is made of bricks, and we look at that as a wonderful example of gracious giving. And this message can work in every situation, in every country, because surely generosity is transformational. Out of the jungle of war and destruction, one pioneer leader, inspired by generosity, shared the vision with his community. No longer waiting for outside relief, the grace of giving has replaced a welfare mentality, and an entire town was rebuilt. y'all see there? Can I have some volunteers to share? Yes. Yeah, right, right. They just, they were just using what was in their hand, right? But who else? Yes. Yeah, good. Power of community. Very good. Who else? Okay. The whole idea of abundance, right? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, a transformed leader. That's great. Anything else you've seen there? Mm. Right. Yeah, that created a lot of authenticity, didn't it? That he's one of them. Lived through the refugee camp with them. Anything else inspire you there? Yes? Insight. One more comment. Any part of that story surprise you? Yes. Right. Yeah. They. Yeah. It was immediate. Is is immediate. I mean, they were in a really dire situation. Right. I mean, it 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 devolved very quickly into. As I said, you know, death and really tough circumstances. So it was quite amazing. I think at one point I had shown this story one time. I had I actually had a Covenant College grad who had gone to Bundabugio. I, I think she was um, part of um, um, what is Brian Fickert's program. Um, yeah, she was one of the, the graduates from there. She's like, I've been to Bundabugio. <laughs> I know them. I've seen this story. It was really great. Um, but anyhow, I would, 
Let me just sh- share with you just one little application. I hope you, you know, enjoyed that story that we think about this connection of, of, of grace and the gospel here as we practice generosity. So here's the opportunity you have, right? Because the other big idea here is giving is an opportunity. It's not an obligation. So here's the application. Every day God gives us opportunities. The issue is do we have eyes to see needs and ears to hear those opportunities, right? I'm talking about with spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. Do we see that? Because we will, we, we actually move through the day as we, um, as we organize it. <clears throat> we organize our day. We kind of have our schedule. But guess what? God orchestrates it. And at different times throughout the day, every day, God will put some people in, you know, in mind and so maybe it's a quick text, maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's a letter. Maybe he, he'll, you'll see people differently. You'll hear some different things. And so here's the big idea is, Lord, give me the, give me the faith to, uh, to, as these things come to mind, as I see something differently, as I hear something differently, the faith and the courage to do what you've asked me to do. And to be on this journey of generosity. That's, that's, my, that's my application and challenge you today. So let's go make some stories, okay? Because that's where life is lived. So let me just close this in, in prayer. Thank you again for the opportunity. Lord, we do thank you for your grace. Uh, your grace upon grace upon grace. Uh, it does just, just overwhelm us, um, Father. And out of that understanding, Father, I pray that we can... Um, we can act uh, with appropriate uh, abundance and that we would, that in our lifestyle and in the service, would accompany um, our confession of the gospel of Christ because it matters. It matters to the world who is hurting. It matters to a world that is broken. And you called us to be salt and light, not out of obligation, Father, but out of opportunity because it's for our sakes that would count to us for eternity. Thank you, Lord, for your promises and your truth. Here, I pray a special blessing on all these young men and, young men and women. So encouraging to see them here. Lord, I pray you give them the, the vision and the faith and the confidence to go make their stories and to your glory alone. In Christ's name, amen.